Please note, the conversations had and the advice given in this podcast should not be considered a replacement for therapy. everybody doing in this uh last time that we recorded the insurrection of the capital hadn't happened yet so so uh fun fun not fun at all spicy times um how how are how are you hanging in there in in this lovely new new year of 2021 where everything magically got better overnight (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i am certainly alive I am uh, very busy and with COVID, I think a lot of people's business, especially if you kind of work for yourself or you work in one of the many industries that depend on people being able to spend money, um, seeing a little bit of like some difficulties and some struggles and some stress. uh, Definitely. So definitely feeling that, I mean, I had already been feeling that but I think even more uh and it's bizarrely enough I think it has to do with like I guess you'd want to call them on seasons and off seasons of therapy um hmm. yeah there definitely there definitely are trends so okay yeah for, I want to hear more about that <laughs> for adults I mean for kids obviously summer is uh anytime they have breaks anytime they have like school vacation it's a low point for teens and kids. For adults, I would say the major space where I see a kind of lull is a little bit before the holidays and during the holidays. Because uh, I feel like, you know, if someone's reaching out during the holidays, it's it's quite bad. But it happens. Um, but usually I feel, I find that people are kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm near my family or I'm near things. But, you know not so much this year um so also i think this year is different too because the this way has to do with money and the and unfortunately the (laughs) that therapy is almost a luxury and is treated like a luxury uh versus being made affordable specifically during these times so definitely you know um which then leads to my own ups and downs let alone you know, the people seeking my services. So dealing with that, uh, moving through that, but hopefully there will be an uptick because, um, and this is like not even, a, it's not even something that is, it's a very weird concept to think about because my, my wellness depends on the wellness of others or the lack thereof which is kind of like a weird thing to think about Hmm. yeah Um, yeah that is kind of bizarre it is it's super bizarre so it's almost like oh yeah well maybe it'll have an uptick but then I'm also like well that would suck like because that means people aren't doing well um but right like your success is dependent on how shitty other people are yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I was going to say, you know, February and March are really hard months because they're dark and they're cold and uh, quarantine. So, you know, it's it's like kind of triple whammy and then everything else that's happening on top of that. But ultimately, it's just vicious cycle that we're in so in any case you know things are fine how are you (laughs) i'm I'm doing okay uh i had my wisdom teeth removed last week oh yeah that was a fun fun adventure um (laughs) i didn't you know do or say anything stupid but it was such a, a strange feeling you know i've never been put under i've never had an iv before so i was very nervous but um the people at the at the um, oral surgery office were super nice and understanding. Um, oh, good. And uh, yeah, I I woke up and my uh, partner walked me back to his place, and I took a nap, and then I woke up and I had bled all over his white sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, so uh, that's great. I think is his new duvet. Uh, was supposed to arrive earlier this week though so <laughs> that's been taken care of but yeah uh recovery it's been strange uh the worst part of it was definitely the day after I was very moody and oh, of yeah. course my period decided to happen right at the same time oh great yeah so that's I'm awesome. bleeding from all orifices <laughs> and um my mood is shit I'm in pain from in multiple areas of my body so um it's been good but I did it all without uh opioids so Wow, congrats. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> my partner wouldn't even, he was like, I don't want you taking, like, Vicodin. And I was like, well, number one, it's my choice. But number two, like, you're right, I also don't want to take Vicodin, so. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up to everyone on, like, how comfortable they feel. But I, I do know a lot of people who are just like, yeah, I would not like to take any mm-hmm. um, opiates. Um, just because I think people are really scared of them. Yeah. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm but glad I'm you're doing, doing okay. better. Yeah, despite the bleeding, I'm glad you're doing better. Yeah, yeah, almost back to normal. So I have my follow up appointment um tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So a little additional update, and this is kind of a podcast update too, as well as like an update for you all in in a little bit in my life. Um. So moving forward, uh, to some maybe to some dismay or to some excitement for others who, who's to say <laughs> who's to say um i'll be taking essentially a little bit of like i'll say back seat but maybe like trunk roll in the <laughs> podcast i won't i will no longer be a co-host just because of um busy and money um but i will still be you know an auxiliary part of yeah. podcast. Yeah, I called it like a, a like chief correspondent, right, right <laughs> position. So I'll I'll bring you in, uh, you know, um, occasionally when I I need a ther need a therapist viewpoint, right? Um, I don't know if there's something that I'm covering that you'd be super stoked about. Yeah. Yes, and I would be happy to do it. So. Just letting you all know, and, you know, if, if there are any changes or anything that comes from that, I'm sure Rachel will let you know moving forward, and you'll you'll kind of hear me here and there, so. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's just a, 
a life thing. It's not like you and I had a huge, huge blow up or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, just, just uh, life, and you know, it life happens, and we need to. Um, ultimately, need, at the end of the day, it's like I always say, like we need to put ourselves as number one. So yeah, I mean, and like we always tell you all, of doing what you need to do to mm-hmm. feel okay and do the things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll definitely miss you, but we'll also be seeing you around, I'm sure. So Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, w- another update to that is um, we're probably going to be going bi-weekly. Not even probably. We're definitely going to be going <laughs> bi-weekly. So um, I'm, you will not have an episode on your feeds next week, but you'll have one the week after. Yeah. Um, just, you know, we're going to do that anyway. And then, you know, with this development, it makes sense. Um there, there just is a lot of a lot of work that goes into making a podcast, and you know, um, us, you know, we vibe really well, and it's been uh, really good. But we also want to try to get guests on, and getting right. guests on takes a lot of time. And even though a week feels like a long time to like do research for an upcoming week, it's it's not, um, <laughs> especially so, right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so um, you know, yeah, there there's gonna be some changes coming up. Um, you know, I'm also looking into uh, some like branding and artwork stuff. So it's going to be uh, a new new direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, thank you so much for everything that that you've helped out with thus far. I really couldn't have gotten this off the ground without you. So yeah, of course, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll be we'll be seeing you. So yeah. um, those are just some some kind of housekeeping updates on on that end. Right. Um, you know, who who knows? There are ebbs and flows and everything. Maybe. You'll be back at some point. Maybe another co-host will come on at some point. Maybe it'll be just me talking to myself like the narcissist that I am. <laughs> um, but actually, no, it, that that's going to be really interesting because um, the one week that you were um, out, you know, mm-hmm. for bereavement, uh, I recorded the sole episode and I was right. like, oh, I feel like I talked for like an hour. And I was like, it's eight. It was eight minutes <laughs> um, <laughs> of me talking to myself. Um Anyway, so yeah, uh, but we are going to be uh, covering one last joint episode, and uh, it kind of feels fitting that this is an episode on cohabitation and living with another person. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, you know, this is kind of a big topic. I feel like we were talking about it before, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. And now I'm like, okay, what does it take to live with another human being? Should we start first? with the topic of when you should make the decision to live with another person or like what are the signs that like your relationship might not work if you choose to do it or when's Mm. too soon and when's you know what I mean like let's talk about um kind of the the decision itself to start yeah and I also want to specify like this is I think some of these could be probably tips for like cohabitation in general but this is cohabitation with a romantic partner so yes yes specifying definitely that. <laughs> yes this is a um sex relationship <laughs> this is a <laughs> podcast this is a so sex some- relationship <laughs> yes so though some of these could definitely um apply to like a situation with a roommate mm-hmm. um especially in terms of communication and right. not being passive aggressive and um you know, uh, cleaning schedules and that type of thing. Um, you know, 
I was going to say, we're all, we're all adults. Like we've all been there, but who knows? Maybe there's a 17 year old listening to this somewhere. So. Yeah. Or honestly, some people don't live with other people uh, yeah. or they, they've not had a partner to live with either. So I think some of right. it will be completely new for a lot of people. And then some of it will be like, I know these things or right. I'm really bad at these things and I'm <laughs> living with my partner now and it's awful. Yeah. Um, okay. So the decision of deciding to, I'll say this first. Mm-hmm. I moved to Philadelphia in August of 2014 because I, and you know, we're on episode 22 here. Listeners, you know, you know, or no, episode 23. Wow. No, 22. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. It's in the description. <laughs> in it's the fine. 20s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, listeners have heard me talk about the partner that I lived with. Um, again, as, as much as there were issues, he is a lovely person. Uh, and we both are from Michigan and we decided he came, had to come down here for school. He got into Penn at a very prestigious, um, program at Penn, um, Uh, Yeah, so a very, very prestigious program, Um, and he uh, asked me to go with him. We had been together for about a year and a half at the time that we moved, Um, and the relationship, we lived together for two and a half years, and it wasn't great from the start. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In fact, and I would be really curious to see your thoughts, to hear your thoughts on this, Mm -hmm. in fact... So I moved in the first night we had sex to like break in our new home. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, um, both of our families had come down to help us move in. So, you know, our families went away. We like moved into the apartment and kind of were starting to settle in. And our like third or fourth night at the apartment, he initiated sex. And I just remember having the thought, oh, my God, am I going to be expected to have sex like this like every other day? for the duration of the time that we lived together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this the expectation now? Oh my god. <laughs> and that's how that started and yeah. also was a very clear sign that it should have ended. Um but uh so I have a lot of thoughts about um cohabitating and a lot of experiences and yeah. you know in in my case it was a, a circumstance of a person being very pressured by the prestigious program that they were in, the other partner lifting up their entire life, moving to a new city, not knowing a single soul other than said partner that was very stressed out. Um, And also a fair amount of trauma on my end and stress on his end. Mm -hmm. And um, even if none of those things had been at play, a basic lack of incompatibility, a basic lack of compatibility or a basic incompatibility. Um, so that's my experience um, with cohabitation. And so everything that I have to say about my personal experiences is going to come from that story that I kind of just overviewed. Yeah, I think, you know, of course, my usual perspective is as a therapist and having, you know, the stories of clients, um, but I actually can also speak to it personally um, with probably my longest relationship so I was living with someone for about three years um and it was a beautiful experience Uh, we got along very well and it went very well um just some other things didn't go quite 
so well. <laughs> but the cohabitating part of it actually um, was one of probably the maybe maybe not even a stressor at all. So uh, at least so two very different experiences. Yeah, yeah. So at least not on my part, I guess I'll say that. Um, can't speak for the other person, but yeah. Uh, and then there's the other part of it of like, uh, my God, before that, living with, you know, a friends, family, whatever it may be, uh, and finally living on my own has been just, I love it. Oh my God. Yeah. I love waking up and like nobody is making sound. Nobody is doing, <laughs> no one's in my space. No one, it is uh, quite liberating. Yeah. I, um, the idea of living alone. Um, yeah. I have a, a lovely roommate right now um, mm-hmm. that I've had for a number of years. We, we get along very well. Right. Um, ver- very compatible as roommates because we're both clean people. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, there, I'm getting to the point with my partner where we're talking about, um, taking next steps and we both agree that we don't want to live together until we are um, married at the very least engaged but probably um, closer to married yeah um, and uh, I do have to say like there's something really sexy I guess about living alone about the idea of living alone having your own space and you know making all of the calls and all the shots and I guess I'll start with that I think that I think that there is such a small snippet of time in one's life where they are able to have that complete freedom and independence. Mm. Yeah. Like if you think about it, you live with your parents growing up. You have all of that time you're living with your parents. Then you go to college and you live with roommates. And then, you know, after college you might live with roommates. Right. And then, you know, you move in with a partner, you get married, or maybe yeah, you, you may don't, never but... live alone. Right. Yeah. Like, there's some people who never live alone. Yeah. And I just, when I moved in with my ex boyfriend, I had the thought, oh man, like, this is just the rest of my life, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, breaking up, going through the breakup and, you know, um, living in, in my own space with, with said roommate um, was a really important experience. Um, but I would just say that I think that there are so many people who are in a rush to like move to the next step, right? Like this is, this is how life works. You do this, you do this, you do this, and you, you need to move to the next step. And the amount of time that you're going to be able to live alone is so small, (laughs) like appreciate it, love it, like luxuriate in it. Um, and I understand that there, you know, as a matter of privilege here, there are many people who may not be able to be afford to live alone. Yeah. Um, but if you are able to, like, I really, I recommend it um, because there's so much you're going to learn about yourself and about how you live and about how you'll be compatible with, you know, a future roommate or a future partner. Yeah. And um, well, I'll, I'll say this because um, I really don't want to put pressure on anyone to do anything or live in a certain way or or think that you know I have to live alone to learn who I am right like or you know for a lot of people living alone can feel really isolating or maybe they're living alone because they don't have family or because they've come out and their family doesn't accept them or you know they don't have friends right and this super isolating experiences that maybe we have 
the money to be able to do it and we don't want to be doing it right so it's it's coming from like all different walks of life and you know we experience life however it's most comfortable for us definitely um and i think that there's no pressure either way and there's no amount of like well i have to do this i have to check this off my list to be a complete and full human being so i want to take that pressure off of everyone because i I do think oh absolutely yeah like a huge pressure um that i've that i've heard just people say of like well if you've never lived alone you really don't know yourself in reality like you know yourself enough to know you don't want to live alone like that's true that is okay yeah so it's it's really finding you know what best suits you and you know maybe there are some people who would benefit from being alone or you know benefit from not being in a relationship whatever that looks like or you know benefit from knowing themselves a bit better but I don't think that we have uh therapists at all or human beings at all this guide map for exactly how it's supposed to go or or the right way it's supposed to look yeah, I and I completely agree with that as well. Yeah. Um I guess and I'm from my viewpoint I'm looking at people who are uh when I made that statement it's it's thinking more about people who are like what's the next step? Like I need to be moving Russian. along like this yeah. checklist of my life, you know. Um but yeah, I mean I I can think of a few people I know who just uh living alone just might not be for them and it doesn't mean that they don't know themselves. It doesn't mean that they are codependent it just means that they're more social people and they they want you know somebody in in their space yeah um, they want a shared space so um i totally understand that. and it also depends on where you're at in life like when i moved out of my ex's place i knew in my gut i was like i need a roommate i don't want to live by myself your gut you know just follow follow what you know is best for you ultimately right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at this age, 30, I'm like, living alone sounds lovely for a while before, you know, um, my boyfriend and I make that scary life <laughs> commitment thing. Yeah. Well, and I also do agree, right? Like, we make our own timeline, right? I Like you're saying, like, I do think there's a lot of pressure, especially on couples to be like, well, the next step is to move in. And when are you going to do that? Because if you don't do it, that means there's something wrong with the relationship. In reality, like, not at all. Maybe you just don't want to live together yet. Or maybe you, right, you really value your independence. Or, like, you just don't feel like it. Because if it is going to be the rest of your life, then why not wait a couple more years? Well, that's what's so funny. The difference between the East Coast and, you know, back in the Midwest and Michigan, where I'm from, and maybe, you know, in, in Florida... Um, where you're from people are curious and wondering you know why we've been together for three and a half years and haven't made moves and uh yeah I mean it, it's simply my my partner and I have discussed that we don't want um to, to go there yet just I'm shy based on my previous experiences mm-hmm. and he's never lived with anybody and like solitude and you know uh, uh, it, we'll we'll be ready at some point, but we, you know we're just not there, and we both kind of like where we're at right now. And um, if it's going to be forever, we both have the opinion. You know, what's the rush? Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. You know, it's funny when you said that because uh, I was like, do have people at like with my ex? Did people ask if we were going to move in? And you know what it is? Um, 
<laughs> and it's something that is funny to me, um, but potentially like not funny for others, but it's, it's funny for me because I am, you know, in a space where my family does relatively support and accept who I am, um, you know, being queer. But I do think coming out as queer, they were like, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Like all of a sudden, you know, all these expectations of like what a straight courtship courtship looks like and, and what a straight like uh, timeline looks like. I think my family was just like, this is out of my league. I have no idea. What are idea. the expectations? Right. Now? So I'm not going to even ask any questions because I'm almost scared to ask or, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and honestly, I do think some of the, some of the people in my family were probably also scared to ask because they wanted it to be a phase, um, you know, whether it's denial or whether it's just like, this feels completely different from any other, like this is, or like air quotes, this is not a normal relationship. So where's this normal timeline, right? I think for me, um, which I honestly don't mind having answers, you know, I don't mind having a not answer this questions, right. but I do find that, and I don't know if this is a shared experience a lot with a lot of other people who identify as, you know, queer or under the LGBTQ umbrella, but yeah, I don't find that I got a lot of those traditional questions. Um, you know, I still did get questions about more like, not like, when are you two going to have a baby? But like, you, you don't ever want to be a mom? Like, it was a question, mm-hmm. like... Different questions. It was a very different question because it was almost assum- this assumption that I couldn't be a mom mm-hmm. if I was in this queer relationship. Uh, which really is stupid. Yeah, which is shit. <laughs> which is shit. Um, but I actually don't want to be a mom. <laughs> so they, then I got more questions about that. Or or those, those saying, the people that are like, oh, but you will when you're older. You know, and you're just like, I'm old. I'm old. Like I'm I'm old. I, I'm old I now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. So I Ugh. think it like comes with a different set of questions and a different understanding completely. Um, and you know, before that long relationship, I honestly probably wasn't even in a relationship long enough. Eh, I would say they weren't significant enough for anyone to be like, "Oh, are you gonna move in?" Right. Right. Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, and there's definitely been people moving in together. I don't know if I just got older or if, I don't know if it's changed the amount that that happens or if, like, I just didn't understand when I was a kid because my parents sheltered me from that idea mm-hmm. that anybody would do that. Um, but I do think statistically, could be wrong, completely throwing out there that I could be wrong um more people are living to get, are cohabitating before marriage more people are having are cohabitating and having children without I, marriage I would say yes to that I would say yes to that but just yeah because of like the times mm-hmm. are changing and yeah it's and, just it's and money very like economically when you look at um you know the generation of millennials money is harder so it's more mm-hmm. practical to potentially live together. Definitely. And um, I guess I do want to like speak to that too, because is that a good enough reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I, if you're going to live with somebody, you know, um, if you were in a position where you know that you cannot live alone, 
right? Which mm-hmm. many people are in that position. I yeah. um I can't tell if I'm in that position or not anymore. <laughs> if I spent less money on Amazon, maybe I wouldn't be in that position. <laughs> but here we are. Um <laughs> I but I think that, you know, you, you have a choice. You go, do you, do I move in with a partner or do I, um, you know, move in with a roommate? Um, or do I, you know, just live in a shitty apartment, by, like a shitty studio by myself? Um, you know, there, there are choices. And uh, one, I'm biased here, obviously, because I had an extremely shitty experience living with somebody. If the relationship is good... And you feel like you know the person really well. And who's to say when that happens, right? Like, that's the thing is I have a certain set of rules, rigid rules about <laughs> how things work. And I think that you shouldn't move in with somebody. Um, it's my personal belief that you shouldn't move in with somebody before two years. Hmm. Like, that's my rule for myself, right? Yeah. And um, and it's uh, – you can't hold other people to that standard. Um, right. You just can't. And so um, I – that's that's where I come from but I everybody has to do what's right for them but like just I wouldn't use living with a partner as like a default like because who knows like I mean I kind of had to do that when I moved to Philly because I didn't know anybody it just made sense for us to live together neither of us could afford living on our own right we moved halfway across the country like what were we supposed to do um it was an important experience I don't regret it at all uh you know so if you if you are in a position where you absolutely have to you do what you got to do um but have an escape plan (laughs) always have an escape plan um and you know if you're in if you're in a position where you feel like you're getting pressure from your partner or like you know you're doing it by default just like think about that ask your partner questions um you know what does your routine look like what does um, what do you envision a weekday for us looking like? What do you envision a weeknight for us looking like? Um, how frequently do you like to cook? Like these are just important questions to make sure that you, because it's great if you're compatible as partners, but you also kind of want to make sure they're compatible as roommates too. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the my kind of thought on it is, I mean, my thought in a general sense on time is like, it's just, it's just a made up, it's just made up like it's a made up construct um it is i do ultimately yeah ultimately right i will say this though safety is important safety is really important Um, and unfortunately I've, i've seen positions where maybe there is someone in the relationship who is not exactly putting out there who they are um or ends up being unfortunately to the to the most extreme case abusive um i've seen that way too many times way too many times and unfortunately sometimes whether it's we move in after three months or we move in after two years that person can exhibit those things Mm -hmm. after either amount of those times so ultimately i've seen both of those cases after six years i've seen and i've seen you know a quicker one so um, i've seen both of those so it's ultimately looking at like (laughs) this is the shitty part of it maybe i don't want to say this out loud but like (sighs) do it i love controversial Uh, statements well it's not even controversial i think it's just 
it's just a scary thing to hear. So yeah, it's not controversial. It's something that I know to be true through my experiences and through the experiences of others of if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. can't spend a lot of time in fear because ultimately, whether it's three months or right or six years, someone can be different. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of like up in the air, you know, like I, I don't have, I think I've just seen too many different experiences to even as a therapist have a say on like what's right or wrong. I can only look at, you know, each couple, each people's who cohabitate yeah. together individually and kind of look at, okay, how's the communication? It uh, really, how comfortable it, are you? Like, yeah, it, it, it really is so variable. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess I would. And you're right. Like, it can happen both ways where Mm -hmm. you don't know the person. You find that out after three months or you find it out after a few years. It really can go either way. And you're right. right. It is a scary thing. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. That doesn't mean necessarily so leap in any way, you know, but but uh, at the end of the day, you really do need to do what is what is right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a very cautious person by nature. Uh, extremely risk averse Uh, the only thing that I would say is just work to know your partner as much as you can and um in my opinion getting to know somebody takes a lot of time yeah um I really know somebody like that's the thing is I what did I learn about my boyfriend last week that I just had no idea about? And I was just like, this is a revelation. How did I not know this? But you're learning new things all the time. Um, but I, I do think that it, it takes time to learn like the essence of, of a human, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the tricky thing, right? Because, you know, as we're learning our partner, they may still be learning themselves. Yep. So maybe we think we know, and maybe they think they know, and by no one's fault, that ends up changing, right? And it's no longer a good fit after that. Yep. So it's almost like, of course, do what you can, make sure you feel safe enough. But ultimately, the couples that I see exist long term are those who are able to grow together yes. and 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 be in that change. And uh, you know what? Sometimes it's not always going to work and it's not going to be anyone's fault. Sometimes there's going to yeah. be a change that occurs that we can't, we can no longer grow with that person. Right. And it's, it's not like there's fault or there's blame, but it's just a difference. Right. And it then is, there are sometimes where, right. Sometimes there are times where we'll grow and there will be a lot of changes in each of us. And you know, those still, those changes still are good fit for both people. And, and that's how it goes down. But you know, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> it's so tricky and it's it, it's so ever changing and i think it just makes things particularly difficult to have a relationship period but then when you add sort of like mm-hmm. um stressors it's a complicating cohabitating is a complicating factor to a mm-hmm. relationship which yeah. is i think why i've made the decision for myself that i don't want to add it into cool. the mix just until just I'm yet yeah you know like uh, that's a personal decision I obviously don't expect anybody else to make that decision Uh, it's just I mean it's like my mom said growing up when she told me what sex was and um you know she was like 
I'd prefer if you waited till marriage simply because sex complicates things. Mm-hmm. And of course, my first thought, first thought was, well, I'm sure it's all not waiting until marriage. Mm-hmm. But I, I did want to wait, you know, but it, sex complicates things. Cohabitating complicates things. Um, everything. Everything. Yeah. COVID so, complicates I mean, things, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, you have to do what is right for you. And you know what? Maybe it'll work out. Right. Uh, maybe it won't. And, you know, I just, even if you find, even if you go into a situation and, you know, you, you are in love with your partner, you, and this, I, a lot of people would probably say that this is the jaded part of me, but I think it's just realistic. Have an escape plan. And I don't mean an escape plan like, you know, um, you know, a way to sneak out in the middle of the night if something awful happens. No, I mean, if you and your partner break up, do you have a place to go? Like, do you do you have friends that will take you in for a period of time? Um, you know, what's what's your game plan? You know, think think through things like that. Um, because I I had the thought when you know things weren't going well with my partner, I had to start thinking with my ex partner. I had to start thinking about like, okay, so what does this look like? Um, and I'm glad that I thought about it because when the time did come, you know, I knew what to do. So yeah, so I would say. You know, there are a couple parts to that, right? Because if we always are, and this is this is the funny, this is like, is it funny or is it tricky? Is it, it's just complicated. This is a complicated, complicated part of it, right? Of if we're expecting to need to leave, then it will happen. I'm a firm believer in like, hmm, if, we're, if we're never in the space and, you know, like be... You know, if you're having a healthy relationship, you have friends, you have family that you're connected with already, right? So if worse comes to worse, you'll be you'll be okay. But to think of the actual plan of like this is what I would do if anything bad happened, you're already planning for something to go wrong. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. At least not for me. Um Sure. Because I'm very, I'm very much a person who prepares for the, hopes for the best, but prepares for the worst. Mm-hmm. And I've done that my entire life when it comes to everything, because I find that I am, if I am prepared for the worst, then mm-hmm. when the best happens, it's a nice, pleasant surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I do that in, I think that's just anxiety. Like I do that in all areas of my life where mm-hmm. I prepare for the worst. Um, I mean, my partner could even tell you I'll want to walk through situations that haven't even happened yet because I'm convinced I just want to be prepared if they do happen. Right. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, maybe that's true sometimes, but I I would argue that it's not true all the time and that sometimes planning is a manifestation of anxiety. I do think certainly planning can be from anxiety um but i guess i don't know if i would change what i said (laughs) i think it all is yeah ultimately like connected i think you know to a certain extent like are we just gonna if we think negative negatively or negative things gonna happen i don't want to say yes to that 100 percent, right like it's the same with positive if we think positive all the time are positive things gonna happen no like bad things are still going to happen right but if we are thinking of negative things to where it is taking up a lot of space, then, uh, then, or yeah, then I would kind of argue like, because we're in that negative space or think about that negative space all the time, there are going to be consequences from that. And sometimes hmm. those consequences 
can lead to us doing some behaviors that ultimately lead to the action or the thing that we've been preparing to, for. And like you're saying, I don't think that happens all the time. Right. But I do right, think right. it's something to be cautious of, uh, you know, especially if we spend a lot of time planning and not a lot of time present. But I think it's, you know, it's the it's the tipping scale. Like it's there's there's a certain point where you're a planner and you're realistic, and then there's the point where we're planning to excess. It's taking a lot of, up a lot of space in our brain, and we're no longer being mindful in the relationship. Maybe and that's the <laughs> why, thing. Why what? are you attacking me? <laughs> I don't even mean to. <laughs> but I really do think you know, and it's just like the follow through of the point of like it is the the self-fulfilling prophecy that I, I'm sure like if anyone's been in therapy, their therapist has kind mm-hmm. of talked to them about it of you know, if we're not present and we're continually not present, it's going to lead to potentially this relationship being more difficult and then maybe leads to the thing we were scared of, right? So it's right, always right. like... No, I see. What, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's just like not yeah. always is that going to happen, right? but there's a spectrum of worry, right? Like there's always a spectrum because I think to a certain extent, um, everybody believes in the world differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, I'm, I'm going to be an optimist. I believe things are going to happen for me that are good. And then sometimes when we believe that way all the time and something bad happens, it's devastating. Right. Sometimes people are like, I'm going to have no expectations. Um, and then either way they react in the moment. Right. Or they kind of feel emotionless. I think there's a spectrum for that as well. Hmm, okay. Right. Or we expect like the worst to happen. And when something good happens, we're like, oh, shit surprise right like each way of believing and existing within relationships or life 100% comes with its pros and cons each of them and there's no there's no better one yeah there's no like better or worse but I think there's just always recognizing like where do I lie and what yeah what are my pros and cons Mm -hmm. what are the the spectrum right that's so funny that you say that because I've been thinking um about like how my addiction to planning and my addiction to to-do lists really is kind of getting in the way of being, being present. Um, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, it's fine. Uh, my my therapist doesn't call me on my shit, so I'm glad that somebody is. <laughs> uh, it's funny, actually. I, I wrote a, this is a, side, a sidebar, but I wrote an email last night to my childhood therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, after our conversation about um, like good and bad therapists and you know what a good therapist is and, wh- and what a bad therapist is mm-hmm. and I just wrote her an email being like hey I haven't talked to you since I you know moved from Michigan but um, just want to let you know that I uh, am so grateful for the good therapy you know that you gave me as yeah. as my base um, you know as, as an adolescent because it's made me the person that I am today who I like to think is is pretty cool I I like myself yeah I honestly whether she responded or not I have no doubt that that's like and maybe this is projection too but like I'm sure that was really like very beautiful to read um so yeah I, I almost have like no doubt because essentially anytime someone is like Thank you for your help. I'm an, I'm on almost in tears. So, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I, mean, I, I would say most therapists who are, you know, fairly empathetic are probably yeah. going to 
be very thankful of that. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I was I was glad to be able to do it. Um, okay, so so getting back back, so back. <laughs> back at it. Okay, so um, yes. So let me based on based on that. Let me do not. <laughs> One should not perseverate on what could go wrong constantly. Sure. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, you know, when I say, uh, and I, I, I myself, I'm working on that, not in a relationship setting, but um, in, in other settings of my, my life as, mm-hmm. as well. But uh, one should not perseverate on what their exit plan might be, right? Right. Um, and, it, and what I find is a very comforting thing when I was – in that relationship space or even you know now when I'm just dealing with a thing um is just the thought of you know what it's gonna be okay you're gonna figure it out right and that has been way more beneficial than perseverating and perseverating and perseverating um so I guess when I maybe I need to amend like have an escape plan to have faith that you'll figure it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess like it's the same thing, but I, you know, my, my escape plan was just like, okay, do I, do I have friends? I do. (laughs) Do I have an income, you know, that can buy me food? Um, okay. I'll be fine. Whatever happens then. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's, there's a part of it that is just purely the security in yourself, uh, which I actually think, you know helps with like not having codependency as well of like you know it's just the simple thought of like you know how what happens if it ends not so much of that thought but a, a uh i am okay alone mm-hmm. no matter what happens no matter what i face in life i have the ability to say that i would be okay yeah. with myself um and i think that is kind of like I think that's very hard to achieve. (laughs) Easier said than done, always. But I do think that's kind of a huge thing that does actually make relationships more functional is if both people are in that space of, I I love you, I want you, and I want you to be there for the rest of my life. And there's that underlying thing of, I'm still okay no matter what. Yeah, and I think... um... If you're in that relationship and you feel that way, like, good, good for you because that's really, really hard, mm-hmm. and it's gonna, it's gonna ebb and flow too. Of um, course. And if, and if you know you feel that way and you're going to move in with somebody, you know, then great. Um, but I just, just be. I think the biggest thing about when making a decision to cohabitate, and we should definitely at least touch on like things to make cohabitating easier. <laughs> yeah, I, was about uh, to say, I don't even know. We didn't even yeah, do any of that yet. Uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, this can be an episode primarily on um, like when do you move in with somebody? How do you make the decision to move in right. with somebody? Um, how? I totally lost my train of thought. Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you are making the decision to cohabitate with somebody, just be aware of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you're thinking. I mean, that's I mean, that's the big thing. The big things we say are communication, therapy, and self awareness, right? Like that's <laughs> that's the thing. Um, yeah, just yeah. be aware of your patterns as a human. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your patterns in relationships. Look at the decisions that you're making. Look at um, the interactions that you're having, mm-hmm. and go. 
is this a pattern? Is this something that I'm repeating? And then think about um, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking about making this decision? Mm -hmm. Is it coming from a place of just really loving my partner and wanting to spend more time with them um, because I just literally can't get enough of them no matter what? Um, is our relationship, does it feel really solid and do, you know, we feel compatible? Have we had all of the discussions about like, you know, chores and cleaning and cooking and, you know, furniture choices and that type right. of thing? Ikea ruins relationships. <laughs> um, or it's so great. Like those are all great questions to ask. They're great things to consider. Um, but then consider also, okay, is this a decision that I'm considering making because I feel like it's the next step? Is this a decision that I'm considering making because I feel rushed by my partner? Mm -hmm. Is this a decision that I'm considering making because of money? Is this a, a decision that I'm considering making because I feel insecure in my relationship and I think right. that if I live with my partner that that will help with the insecurity? Those are all, aren't all great reasons. Yeah, and to so like – beautifully said right it's asking it's sitting and it's really sitting with yourself that's what i would mm -hmm. call it it's just like really sitting with why we're making decisions um and the thing that i i often do in therapy is you can make whatever decision you want as long as you know why you're doing it all right even if you sit there and you're like yes i'm totally fucking doing this because i'm scared to be alone yep and you still make that decision that is totally fine as long just be as, aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we're aware of it and as long yeah. as we talk about it. And, and you know, this is someone who is actively in therapy with me, right? Like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to sit mm -hmm. with it. And maybe that'll change throughout the course of being with this person. And that is okay to grow within a relationship because I don't think we always get to, right, be like, well, I have to be alone because I need to do all these things and I need to find myself. Like, sometimes that doesn't happen. And it's yeah. still allowing yourself to figure those things out when you're with someone, but knowing that maybe that changes the relationship or maybe that changes you and, and just being able to be open and flexible. Definitely. And I've always said to my partner, you know, um, my partner, when we met, told me that he didn't really believe in, in marriage um, and didn't really believe in living together. And I had this moment of just being like, okay, well, that's important to me, you know? kids was something that I was like I could potentially take or leave but living together and being married has always I, I never dreamt about children the way that I dreamt about having a partner and living with a partner and marrying a partner not marrying being married to a partner right never dreamt about a wedding um until recently when I actually you know feel like I'm kind of close to one um but I think that it is important to just be aware of that why and when we had this discussion, I was like, I wonder what's going on underneath these statements. Yeah. Guess what was going on underneath those statements? <laughs> what was going on underneath those statements? And sweetie, I'm so sorry. I'm going to put you on blast. What was going on under those statements was he could see himself doing those things with me. And that scared the shit out of him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, after discussions, it's, it's turned into um, – you know, actually actively discussing things and, and, you know, figuring out like where that compatibility is. Um, but yeah, there, it's important conversations to have and talking about, you know, moving in together. Um, I can't get him to shut up now about like what kind of dog we're going to get and what kind of artwork he wants to put in our apartment. And send, he sends me designs of, of like places that he wants for us. So, um, 
yeah, I, I feel really scrambled today. So my apologies on that. But um, yeah, guys, like ultimately you're going to need to do what is best for you when it comes mm-hmm. to cohabitating. But I completely agree with you that being aware of that why, and that goes for everything, right? But yeah. I especially think here, um, being aware of that is so important. Yeah, right. And no matter what you do with that awareness, it's still important to have it because it's then it's just super helpful for me as a therapist when you're mm-hmm. like, here's this awareness. Because <laughs> then it's, it's, it is then we're like, okay, well then let's see what, where it's coming from. See what it's like to do something different and see if these patterns have worked for you in the past, right? Like it just makes it, uh, it makes my life as a therapist easier. I think but. that's definitely something that I've like learned through our recording of, of this is that I've, I've always known that I appreciate like really open people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I appreciate even more than being aware of what you feel is you being aware of why you feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I've realized that, that, um, sometimes when people, you know, will tell me what they're feeling, but they don't want to explore the why. And I mean, that's what therapy is for, right? You like delve into the why. Yeah. Right. And that why is so important. Um, yeah. And again, like you said, I mean, we've talked about it in terms of like drinking. It's like I had a really shitty day and I'm going to have a glass of wine because I had a shitty day. Right. Okay. You're aware of that. Go ahead and have a glass of wine, but like be aware of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a to numb, right? It's finding out why we're doing the patterns and it just helps us be able to make educated decisions and emotionally involved decisions moving forward. Yeah. So, uh, this was a semi episode on cohabitation, (laughs) but I mean, uh, yeah, the basics communicate with your partner, talk about what your likes and dislikes are. Talk about like, you know, what, what the clean, how clean do you like to be? Talk about like what your setup is. I mean, who knows, maybe sleeping with your snoring partner is fine a couple nights a week, but when it's every night, it's going to drive you nuts. So maybe you need two bedrooms with another bed. Like, you know what I mean? And the thing is there, people tell you there's so many right or wrong ways to do things, myself included. I have pretty rigid expectations for myself that, you know, I try not to put onto others, but sometimes fail. And, um, like, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's your fucking life, and all we can do is encourage you to like look, examine how you feel, and think about why you feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really would say communication is absolutely paramount, and it's you have to communicate about the hard things. You have to communicate about expectations, right? Um, right. Like even bringing back what you said in the beginning of like, oh my God, do I have to have sex like this every, like every other day? Like it's okay. For the record, Mm -hmm. like if that's mean, never mind. Everybody knows what I was going to say. I don't need to say it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm only bringing it up to say like, you know, that's something we have to talk about. Money is something we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. I I have seen so many relationships and people come to me in couples therapy about the what feels like an equal relationship, right? Whether that means spending money or equal in the way of like, well, I'm paying for this, so you should cook, right? Yep. Like there are so many expectations that are going unsaid that cause so much resentment and so mm-hmm. many problems. So 
it's making sure that you're talking about those expectations before they grow into resentments. Cause I'll tell you what is much harder. Uh, it may feel far, it may feel hard to communicate your needs or to communicate something that's going wrong, but it is much harder to try and collect a relationship when there are years yes. of resentments. Yep. It is, it is, I'll say, I don't want to say impossible, but very close yeah. to impossible and very, very difficult and very, very painful. It is doable, but it, it is, I can promise you, it will be easier to communicate in the beginning than end up in the same feeling of like, oh, if I communicate, I'm going to lose this person. Right. If we don't, we're going to lose this person. So it's making sure that there's communication around expectations, around, right, you know, how, how, how each person lives around what the spending is going to look like quite literally around anything you can talk about and like i don't know i think that when you're we've talked before that like you know when you're in earlier dating phases maybe you don't want to divulge absolutely everything right away um but when you're in an established relationship i would you say that it's there should be there should be a filter in how you say things right like generally, but like I feel like I have no filter with my partner, absolutely zero, what like none whatsoever, and I uh, I don't know if that's healthy. It works for us, maybe just because of the type of types of people that we are. Um, but like talk about to so I don't I, I hesitate to say this. I want to say like talk about everything, like talk about even if you don't think it's important, like talk about it. Um. But, you know, that's not every relationship necessarily, and I understand that. Yeah. Well, there's something to, you know, in a relationship, you're not just learning how to be a unit. You're learning that individual person and how they like information given to them best. Um, Of course, there are some healthier ways, and maybe we're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that that's unhealthy and I know it to be unhealthy because I'm talking sure. to my therapist about it and it doesn't make sense or whatever. Um, but I think whatever your tolerance is, uh, talk about talking, <laughs> communicate about communication with your partner and how they best like to receive information because yeah. that can be just as important, right? If your partner's like, Hey, love you. Don't need to know all that. Just give me, if something bad happened, you can tell me, right but I don't need to know every single thought in your head. And then we're like, okay. So if they don't need to know that and it's not necessary for me to have them know all those things, then I can tell it to a friend or I can tell it to my right, therapist right, or I right. can tell it to a parent, whatever it may be. But yeah, I think it's, it is, it is crazy. Like communicate about everything and then also check in with each other, right? Whether that's once a year or every six months or every mm-hmm. three months checking in to making sure things are still going well or hey is there is there a chore like are you okay with how we have the chores going are you okay with the money spending like really check in with each other because that's what's going to help as well I asked my partner last weekend I asked uh, him hey like you know I know that we're not really doing new year's resolutions uh you know as individuals I kind of just like I said decided on one word um, that I kind of wanted to embody in all areas of my life. I said, but seems like a good check-in point. Like, is there anything you want to work on together as a couple this year? Yeah. Like, and, you know, we talked about it, had a discussion, um, you know, discussed uh, a couple different, like, things that, you know, we thought that we could work on just to be more on this on the same page. Right. Um, and 
like why not have that check-in um it's i it's crucial actually to to do um i just think that people you don't want to relationships are supposed to be happy and romantic and like passionate but i mean i guess this episode is more about long-term relationships in general because (laughs) long-term relationships are messy um and at the end of the day those like feelings are going to go away and what you want is a partner that you feel committed to try to grow with as individuals and as a unit right yeah i mean that's pretty good i i mean i feel like we eventually got to all the points about like cohabitating (laughs) if not like glazing over a couple things but yeah Yeah. but uh, communicate long-term relationships like and making that decision to cohabitate and communicating while you're cohabitating and yeah i mean yeah wow it's it's a thing i mean and and long-term relationships well cohabitating are different from long-term relationships not cohabitating they just are because by nature as we said things are complicated by cohabitation right, right. so um you know this kind of covered some of those differences as well yeah well was there anything else you wanted to say before we sign off uh no i don't think so i feel like uh i had to flex on everyone one last time you know flex <laughs> muscles. <laughs> Well, we appreciate it. Uh, yeah. and I, I uh, always enjoy, you know, being personally attacked. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just teasing you. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I am nothing if not self-aware. Uh, <laughs> as I, after we sign off, I'm going to go right back to my to-do list. Um, <laughs> there are things that have to get done. It's yeah. very vital. Uh, well, thank you so much, Anna. Um, really appreciate the journey that we've been on thus far. And, yeah. um, you know, definitely want to have you back on uh, periodically going forward. Um, and we'll, we'll see what this, what this uh, starts to become in, in this new year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> yes. um, so uh, if that's it, we good to go? Yeah. All right. Well, then, for Anna Lovelace and Rachel Dalton, this has been Wine, Dine, and 69, and let's keep talking.